0: Welcome to This Week in Liberpods, your libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist, and agorist podcast test drive show. I'm your host, Nikki P. Let's check out five new podcasts. Alright, our first clip today is from Jeremiah Talks, run by my good friend Jeremiah Harding over on YouTube. The show style waffles between monologue and interview. The thing that never changes is the host's intensity. Let's see what they've got in store today. That things
1: should be less free, put back tradition, like put back the way it was. Yeah. 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 Um, But that's sort of part of the point, isn't it? Like, uh, you said you were recently kicked out of your gun club?
2: I was, yeah. So, um... I was. Uh, it all started out. I was selling a gun part, completely legal, non non-controlled component to a shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was selling it uh, to to a member of the club, and uh, there was there was uh, they wanted to kind of start a bidding war, but there was a guy that spoke up. I'm not trying to get rich off of the gun club, so I was like, you know, this guy spoke up, I'll give it to him. But there was a there was a uh, a meme. Was it a meme? Nah, it doesn't matter. It was. It, I'll, I'll get you know. There, there was a point where it, where, it, where there was a picture of a car flipping a cop car, it, as in they were racing, right, and flipping mm-hmm. a cop car. And I did the standard one-liner: not all, not all, not all heroes wear capes, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, that just touched off a whole, a whole firestorm. This is on on uh, Instagram, and um, and in that process, we got into a, a, a pretty significant debate over um, the legitimacy of law enforcement, as it as you know, as it's, as it's instituted in, in, in this state, right? Hawaii is funny. We have, each county has a police department. We don't have, we don't have sheriffs. We have a state sheriff. Um, and his, and his deputies are, um, you know, you know, employees of the state, right? So most, most counties will have a, will have a sheriff and then you'll have a state trooper, a state highway patrol, and then your cities will have your own police department. Well, Hawaii is a little bit different and none of those people are elected. Right. So, um, but it touched off a conversation where we where we where we discussed the legitimacy of the monopoly on violence that our police force has, and uh, it, I get I took that as an opportunity to educate a lot of people on the philosophy of of being uh, self owning a sovereign person, um, you know the difference between a real crime and a victimless crime, and 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 then we have forty three bills that are processing through legislation legislation this year mm-hmm. all on gun control right 43 separate bills and they could they range from uh di- you know uh, assault gun bans to magazine capacity regulations and oh you're gonna hear the rain the rain's coming through i hope i hope hope that's not a problem for you guys it probably isn't okay just keep talking okay so um but uh it was an opportunity to have that conversation with them and some people were really digging it, and some people really weren't, and and it did get heated, um, and I basically had to just explain to him, look, your cop buddy is still going to arrest you if you have too many rounds yeah. in that magazine. Your cop friend is still going to come get your kid and take him away from you if if he if they think that you're a risk. You know that 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 pal that you go to church with that wears a badge, he's going to come to your house and steal your guns and put you in handcuffs. Like yeah, he's not your friend. That's not somebody that you need to be having a close relationship with. And, yeah, and so with that, there was a big movement in the club um, to to push me out because I was a risk to the club, and and these are the guys that wow, that's loud. So that's it's, these it's are the totally guys fine. That, uh, that uh, um, there's a separation. There's like a disconnect. I don't understand what it is with a lot of the gun people. Um, and this isn't just a regular shooting club we don't just go to the line and shoot this is a tactical club so these are the people who are training to clear a house um you know fire in a you know shoot in a in a a semi-combat scenario where you might be getting shot at you know that whole thing yeah for me it's you know it's training it's fun it's better than just walking up to a line and shooting at a target 25 yards away right right like that like that's fun but that's entry level
0: Alright, so that was Jeremiah Talks over on YouTube, and he was having a conversation with Q the Abolitionist, who we're going to hear from a little bit later. Our second clip today is from the Liberty Forge, run by Kyle Turnblazer. The show is typically a two-man discussion show, however, we have a rare interview episode today. Let's have a listen.
3: One extreme or the other, an individual can't experience anything between those two. It has to be my crazy point that I'm bringing up or, you know, you're wrong.
4: Yeah, yeah. And and it has to fit at every single point. Like, no, dude, like yeah. roughly speaking or, or the majority of the time, you know, I mean, there is nothing that is all 100% all the time ever. So, you know, you just kind of fly with the uncertainty sometimes. So but the point is, like, as we're able to know that we can program our own minds, know that we can believe certain thoughts or not, or choose certain thoughts and then have the conscious to go for that. Then like, that's, I think that's like the very beginning of actual life, because before that you're an autopilot just by whatever they're throwing at you as you're growing up.
3: Mm-hmm. Bear with me. I'm thinking.
4: <laughs> yes, sir. I,
3: I I do this thing, right. When, when, when I have a guest on and I'm really into it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm taking it all in. Oh, I should say something because <laughs> I'm taking in the information. I'm like, I don't want to miss this. Oh, there should be a follow up.
4: No, I, I get it. You know, one of the things like, because I do this kind of work also, um, uh, I, I talk about the, the idea that like, you know, you're, when you're in, in downloading, listening, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're like in presence, then you're listening and then it is okay to take some time to respond and be like, okay, give me a second. And then you chew on it and, and then, you know, you, you uh, play ping pong in the conversation, like I like to say. Okay. So, you know, this is something that can also be of benefit for the listeners. You know, like when you're in a conversation, you don't have to just like right off the bat shoot back. Sure. You know, you can like be in presence and really understand. And there's like a huge thick book that talks about this, which is called Theory You by Otto Scharmer and And you know talks about the four levels of listening, and as you move into you know the first one like is downloading one and as you keep moving forward, then you get to a point where like even time feels like it slows down, and like the you can actually feel the other person, so you like the presence thing is creating the conversation in the future. So like the two of us are merging our energy and she is just coming out that you and I are like, what the fuck just happened? It's right. surprising. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty sweet. You know, if, if, if you're not just in downloading a solicitor, that actually uh, speaks pretty, pretty cool of you. Sir.
3: But that is kind of like seeing what's the way to put this when you're so focused on what's wrong and not focused on, what else is going on? Everything around it, not just, uh, hey, try to focus on the positive, not just that, but how other people are handling the situation that you've been put into, because a lot of people are in a similar situation or what opportunities may come up or, or anything like that.
4: So, like, I think that we are kind of thrown into that mental proclivity because, you know, growing up if you can think of being like six years old and going downstairs to the kitchen and pouring yourself a glass of milk and then dropping the gallon. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're afraid. I mean, you don't know, you're little, maybe say five years old and then your parents come and then you get smacked and then you get told how you're an idiot and all these things. And, you know, whereas like, so that creates a trauma that, like, you don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to be wrong. You don't, you're afraid. And and if that happens, you know, throughout your life, you see, you know, how now you're even afraid to tell the truth sometimes. So where this is related to what you're saying is a lot of times people feel, have the feelings of not being good enough or that they're not uh, worthy of love or that they are all these things. So they're perpetually focused on for instance if i can do
0: something at all right so once again that was the liberty forge podcast for our second clip we're bringing back you the abolitionist with unshackled liberty the show style is typical discussion podcast however we have yet again one of those interview episodes we're seeing so much right now i thought this conversation was especially interesting so hope you enjoy
5: Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway, um, to this whole thing. So you start um,
2: feeling good and then you go out there and you put yourself flat on your back again, basically. Yeah. Well, oh, or, yeah, or worse it, it, or worse. Yeah, 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 yeah.
5: Yeah. Wow. Infinitely worse. It was, it was probably, that was probably midday. It was probably that evening. Um, before I, I, I really felt like doing much of anything again. Okay. Um, Oh, other interesting point. Uh, really lost i was amazed i didn't realize how much but i lost a lot of my ability uh uh, uh, uh to taste and to smell wow. things um that's part of one of the neat things from recovery is every time you make yourself lunch or dinner or something it's like the best food you've ever eaten because you finally got your sense of taste back <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: um that's odd we haven't i haven't heard that much about about that, that 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 you lose your sense of taste is that is that specific to you or is that a common a common uh, symptom
5: Looks to be fairly common. Um okay. it also looks to be an early indicator for a lot of people I've seen talk about it. So something else to keep in mind. I, I don't know when it started. I just noticed that I ate just because I knew I had to eat to stay alive, but I pretty much didn't care what I ate. I didn't have a desire for, you know, a craving for anything, uh, nothing like that. But um yeah, and it was you now so from the when I got tested, I I it was already whooping on me for a few days before I got tested. Um, There was that first weekend that was really bad. By the next weekend, I noticed things were, like, really starting to clear up, um, starting to get better. And then, so this would have been last week. By about Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, I I think I was, like, I can call myself pretty much 100% symptom-free. And then waited it out the rest of the week last week before I, like, emerged back out into public. um, Okay. Yeah, it's just this past weekend that I went out anywhere. Is there,
2: is there a confirmation test where they can find out whether or not you're clear of it? Or or do you well, just go, I feel better and I'm done?
5: Um, well, What it is, it's the exact same test. Um, two <laughs> different tests, 24 hours. So they,
2: do they jam you in the other side of the brain or what?
5: <laughs> well, no, actually, I didn't even bother to ask for it. Um, mm. Because they, they, they're not going to do it for a nobody like me. Um, when they've got people that are showing symptoms or people in hospitals that need to be tested, they're not going to wait. The neat thing is, is being in Arizona, unless you go to a medical facility that specifically uses a private lab, which means not a hospital, um, all your stuff goes to the Arizona department of health's lab. So basically the motor vehicles department is in charge of your testing because that's about the same level of efficiency yeah. I got my results 11 days after the test. I was already starting to feel better.
2: You're you're coming out of it at that point, right? You know?
5: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I might've even been on like day one of symptom free or something at that point. Yeah. It was March 31st before I got it.
2: That's unfortunate. Yeah.
5: And, and I'm glad they didn't call me on April 1st. Cause I would have been like, Oh yeah. Funny April fool's joke. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, wow, man. That's intense. That's intense. So uh, yeah. it's uh. That's a that's a so you're you're out in Arizona. So how does, yes how, are you in the I, you know I'm, I've never I think I've driven through Arizona before like just a like this like a corner of it on my way into Mexico. But uh do you um what part of Arizona you don't have to tell me what part of Arizona I'm looking more like your 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 uh, climate is it like hot or cold is it low or high how, how what you know what I'm trying to say
5: i'm in the far north reaches of phoenix itself um excuse me so i i I am in the city of phoenix um so you can mostly follow what the temperatures are in phoenix to see what it's like here we are a little bit higher in elevation so we can be one two three degrees cooler um sometimes depending on things but um
0: again that was unshackled liberty for our fourth clip this week, we have Vardarkis with the Smoke Pit Storytime. This particular podcast is new to me, so I really don't know what it normally is like. But let's have a listen and hope you enjoy.
6: I'm cleaning my firearms while I'm talking to you. And um, <laughs> nice. I should have brought mine. You know, well, it, it's uh, it's it's good multitasking. Yeah, that's um, true. And, and uh, the, the the thought here. As far as you know, why why they they do this, um, you know, kind of goes back in, in in a lot of ways to you know Planned Parenthood, the history behind Planned Parenthood, the efforts behind um, um, behind the abortion, uh, you know, um, the the quote unquote, you know Roe v. Wade uh, Mm -hmm. process and all that kind of stuff. And, and to me, and I I don't pull punches about this. I, I think that, 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 that is just a subset of what it is that they do. I do believe that they have a desire to sacrifice children. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's a literal sacrifice. And then in other ways, it's just a, um, almost, almost like a proverbial uh, sacrifice. Like, you know, if they're defending the Roe v. Wade, then, then they get credit for that somehow, you know, all, all of those children that, that are sacrificed. And, but, but it goes beyond that because then you get into the adrenochrome. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is why this is a, uh, a very pertinent subject right now, because, there are people who don't believe that that that's a thing. And there are people that believe that that's all made up. And the truth of the matter is it's probably the absolute hardest thing to prove because how are you going to prove that without catching them actually physically in the act? Right. I, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would go about doing that, but there have been enough uh, reports of, um, people who have been under the control of, um, you know, satanic Luciferian, you know, cults or occults Mm -hmm. that have talked about how they, um, they make people suffer and they make children suffer in the effort to, um, basically put them in a state of panic and then they drink their blood. And I think that, that to me, when I, when I heard that back in the eighties and that's how long ago I knew about it. When I heard about it back in the eighties, I thought, Oh, that's awful. That's terrible. There's no way that they're doing that. I mean, who would, who could be that, that evil Mm -hmm. to do something like that. And now it seems like there's a resurgence of people who are claiming that that is actually still happening. And the more, the more that I've looked into it, you know, again, I, I seriously doubt that anyone's going to come out and say, I have proof. It's right here. I, I brought it with me. Um, but there are people who claim that that was done to them. And I think that what, what people are going to find out uh, down the road is that that there's, there is proof. mm-hmm um, it you, seems like you and I people,
2: they come out, uh, come out against this stuff. Really. Um, a lot of them die in weird circumstances too.
6: Yeah. That too. There's that. Yeah. You know, whether it was the, the whole Seth rich, you know, being mugged, but nothing mm-hmm. was taken for dropping emails about the, uh, about the, the DNC, uh, mm-hmm. email hack. Um, the fact that, um, um, oh.
0: Nope. All right, so I hope you enjoyed Smoke Pit Storytime. Our final clip today is from the Direct Republic podcast hosted by Donnie Gebert. It is a monologue-style podcast and honestly doesn't update very frequently. But when Donnie decides he has something to say, oh boy, you better listen. Let's take a peep.
1: So a state fundamentally uh, emulates the, the federal... Uh, some of the things on the federal side that you would not associate with any of the smaller governance that, you know, pertains to city and county. Um, while the state has some roads, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's primarily done on the lower levels. And uh, while the feds have some roads, that's primarily done on the lower levels. Um, the state doesn't really have a lot to do with deeding, but they also have a land register. So i mean if you really think about it a state is kind of like a federal structure from a long time ago when earth was just younger we were uh, all of the information structures and all of that stuff it wasn't as mature as it, as it is now and those states almost functioned like a federal well now because of the speed of information and the speed of cars you know it doesn't take months to cross the country it takes days at days at worst and you know that's that is drastically improved even in the 50s you would do it in a week like even with slower roads and not straight uh not straight ways you could do it in a week so there's some stuff that you, you again that that fundamentally all of those issues are already covered in how you do it with a city and you put it up on ArcGIS. but the state has statutes they do epa they do higher level infrastructure. Um, you think of it like power policy, Not, and you know the nuclear versus how how are we going to get the aggregate number of power sources that we need for this population? Um, some of that higher level organization that <clears throat> it primarily deals with scaling. When you're dealing with the city and the county, you're dealing with visceral issues that are 50 meter targets to you, 100 meter targets to you. When you're dealing with issues that, that deal with scaling across vast distances, those structures, they take a different form. You can call it an executive structure, you can call it a corporate structure. If you, we're, we're not trying to label it in anything other than this functional understanding of, you have your boots on the ground people and your managers, but once you start getting up to a certain level of management, those managers are not managing as many people below them as the people below them are. They are only managing an executive fleet of people and they have regions. So that scaling makes uh, it confuses people's perception on issues, where you think that private property might not be able to solve it across such distances and really the only way you're ever going to figure out how to solve it is with private property and when I say solve I mean solve I don't mean apply a legislative band-aid and then pretend that this works even though all the case precedent surrounding it is you know dumb or harms more people than it helps which you know I'm, I'm sorry the fact if there is any legislation that harms more people than it helps it's supposed to be labeled dumb so when you can look so like higher level of regulations and industry best practices it's kind of a federal and state thing and to that end i kind of i see the states as a good way to immediately decentralize the federal so when i say you know decentralizing the feds is a good idea it, again it ha, you have to look at those structures because the feds primarily are the epa in uh, the country they are the ones fundamentally setting the regs if a state has an epa i think they all have them by now but if they have one they are fundamentally going to end up being subservient to federal regs because if for some reason the federal regs say you can't put a nuclear power plant here and a state tries to override that they're fed they're fundamentally not going to be permitted access to material one way or the other so the, and, and a lot of that, you can start looking at cronyism, where who's allowed to put a nuclear power
0: or apparent layer. It, you... I told you you better listen. And again, that was the Direct Republic podcast. We have reached the end of the episode. So if you like what we do, feel free to hit us up at This Week in Liberpods on Facebook, at Liberpods on Twitter, or Liberpods.com. If there's a show you think we missed, send it along. Also, to this point, there have been no repeats, so it is absolutely worth it to go back to episode one and start from the beginning. Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Liberty Podcast Ranker. I hope the test drive was worth it, and have a good day. podcast is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. This Week in Liberpods is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Market's Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed-up republican.